This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect. Hi, guys. I'm Britt Bergmeister. I'm a model activist. I model and I'm also supportive of sustainability and the climate change movement. And I am the co-founder of On Duty Citizen, which is a platform to also inspire conscious living with everything you do in life. And to me, clean living is about being conscious about everything you do in life. So every decision you make, just thinking before you act um, and always trying to choose the better solution and to always continue learning and inspiring and being inspired by your community. I'm Frederick Fekai, and I'm delighted to introduce you to the Fekai Life, my first podcast. And I'm thrilled to introduce you to my first guest, Britt Bergmeister. Britt was very impressive when I first met her through a photo shoot at the session of clean and sustainable beauty. And I love her action. I love her enthusiasm. I love her engagement, her investment. And, and I'm so delighted to see this amazing spokesperson for sustainability and a better planet. Great. Great to see you. Yeah, so good to see you too. It's been a while. Well, the last time we saw each other, I guess, was at your the award ceremony. Exactly. You won the award. Uh, yes, yeah. yes, that was fun. That was fun. <laughs> so tell me, I mean, this is amazing. Model. What? What is a model? Uh, I mean, how, how do you get into <laughs> being model? Yeah, I mean, I'm still trying to figure that out. Eight years later, full time modeling in New York. Um, honestly, I went to the industry to get signed myself. I had always been passionate about fashion and um, my mom was in the industry as well so I had that as an example um, and what I was your mom doing she was she was modeling so she was modeling for a few years Great. Um, and where where was that she was in Toronto she went to Paris a little bit mm-hmm. um, but she's done so many different careers which is kind of a nice example for me she's done the she's been a stockbroker she's been a flight attendant she was a model <laughs> so she was very supportive of me going and doing whatever I set out for right um, so I, I did go to school for a year in Toronto and then um, my agency that I had been visiting every summer they kept saying let's just wait till you're ready finish high school be a kid, and then we'll think about signing you once you're done. So I started university, and then modeling started to pick up. Um, What did you study? I studied um, everything that a first-year student would study when they don't know what they want to do. So I took political science, East Asian history, sociology, psychology, and nothing was amounting to uh, what I felt was a career I envisioned. I didn't know. I was 18. I was young. I didn't see any um, major you had to declare your major and I didn't know what to do so fashion had always been something I was passionate about and I loved the creativity of it the fact that you're always something different and you can um, use your platform for good whatever it was Um, so I took myself to the agency I got signed while I was in university and then I met with an agent from New York and it just took off from there I, I decided to put school on hold and Got wow. myself to New York. So yeah. how, how how did I how did you get from there to 
sustainability to ex explain a bit how yeah. how do you become an activist so that that took a while for me to get to i was probably modeling four or five years um i always knew i wanted to do something else be a model and something um not that there was any pressure to i just felt modeling gave me a platform um to But was were you growing up with this environment? I mean, a, a little bit. Uh, funnily enough, like we didn't have in Canada a lot of the things that are considered sustainable or eco friendly are just part of the norm growing up. Like everyone has a compost bin. It's just the way of life there. So there were little bits of that that were kind of sprinkled into my life. But um, my parents were always just supportive with anything I wanted to do. It wasn't like you have to eat healthy, you have to recycle. They were just, they provided me with a good, strong upbringing and let me flourish whatever So what what, I wanted. what ticked you? What, what, so what that was, I'd say like four or five years into the industry, I noticed that I had this platform and people would listen to me, whatever it was I kind of said. And this was around the time that sustainability was coming into conversation So I thought, I have this platform. Why don't I just use that to When you say platform, explain that oh, to Oh, yeah, us. sorry. Um, so I guess most of the platform I mean is social media, so like mm -hmm. Instagram, mm -hmm. even just my community. A lot of people respected me, I guess, even though it's funny to say, but because I was a model. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It just gives you... Um, Can you tell the, the, the audience, I mean, how many followers you have? So I have around 25,000, I think, wow. which is... I don't know. It, in in model terms, that might be not considered a lot, but the fact that I have like 25,000 people sometimes listening to me is huge. And I recognize that. And I thought this could be my way of making a change. I'm going to learn more about sustainability. I didn't know much about it at the time. I knew nothing. and um, But I recognized that I could be transparent about what I learned along the way and then relay that with all of my followers through the social media platforms. So so sustainability for you, what does yeah. it mean in your way of life? In your, yeah. what, what does tell a well, day in the life of Brit yeah. sustainability? What does it mean? It is, I think sustainability, I, that, that's a word I use probably a hundred times a day. It's a very broad term and it can mean so many different things. I think the best way that I can be sustainable and how I live my life sustainably is by being transparent. So whether that's um, sharing with my friends and family and followers that I choose to recycle or that I'm using promoting companies that use biodegradable materials or recycled plastic or about cleaning the oceans. There's so many facets of it. So with everything I do... Um, I try and just promote transparency. So I think, so I'm trying to get the person who does nothing to join the movement. So I want them to see that it, although it is a broad term that can seem kind of overwhelming, maybe there's one thing that resonates with them and then they'll join the movement through that. Um, so, yeah. So how did you come up with On Duty Citizen? <laughs> and tell me what is this is all about? Yeah, so around... 2017 um, or the end of 2016 my mom who has a background in business and fashion and me who has the background in fashion we had begun to hear this buzzword about sustainability and we thought 
I was getting to that point where I wanted to um, use this platform I have for the better. So we thought, why don't we use or create a company that promotes sustainable and ethical fashion? So we created On Duty Citizen um, as a way of sharing our favorite sustainable and or ethical clothes. Um, so companies that are using biodegradable materials, vegan, um, plastic-free, recycled plastic, and we would disclose what they're doing specifically and share that with our followers just so it would make sustainable shopping a little bit easier. Um, it's grown since then to promote other citizens of our community. So we have a section called On Duty Citizens, um, and we profile citizens of the month who are doing cool things in and outside the fashion industry. But it's all about the community you make and the networks you have and the influence you can make on other people. So I've been inspired by so many people, so I like to highlight them with this platform. And do you um, see a lot of reaction? Do you do you, do you feel like there's a movement that is really taking off? Do you? Yeah, is this growing there? Oh well? yeah, for sure. And it's kind of like um, the clean food movement. I see that was popular a few years back, and now it's no longer the. Um, model activists who are um, using the word sustainable fashion. Everyone notices it and realizes the importance of ethically made clothes. Um, so it's a, it's definitely trending right now. You saw in the past fashion week and it's all over the news, but I truly believe it's a trend that's going to last and stay forever. And it's not going to be um, a question of, is that clothing made sustainable? That's just going to be the norm. And if you're not part of that movement, you're not going to last. What is the most frustrating moment for you? And what do you see that you would you would like to improve to make this place a better place? Yeah, that's a tough question because I personally tend to get frustrated with myself because um, there's days where I feel I can do so much more. And then there's days where I feel like I'm... Um, taking on too much and so many things attract my attention because I feel we need to change in so many regards. As I mentioned, sustainability is such a broad term. So while it's not frustrating, I just think it's important to always check in with yourself and your values, see how you can grow and um, whatever resonates with you, take that as a starting step and just learn to grow from that. And I'm nowhere where I was when I started in this sustainable movement. Um, there's so many ideals that I've changed from or grown from. Um, and I just know that it's a movement that's ever changing and we have to be open and honest about it all. So tell me about, I love this uh, whole hashtag sustainability sustainable sexy yeah so <laughs> so that's um one of the hashtags we use we have it on some of our own clothing that we've made for on duty citizen and i think to get those people who aren't potentially into sustainable fashion to get them involved you need to be stylish and sexy and sleek before you're sustainable not to say that 
you can't be sustainable. I want everyone to do the best they can when, with whatever they're producing. It's a good point because it's, it's true that sometimes sustainable seems a little bit too vulnerable. Yes, exactly. It, and it has this like, not negative stigma attached to it, but you know, the granola hippie kind of mm-hmm. vibe is associated with that word. So you have to, with anything you produce in this industry, you have to be stylish first And then it's an added plus that it's sustainable. So I just wanted to make it... Actually, my mom came up with the term. And when she first told me, I was like, no, that's too risque. I don't like it. Um, and then it stuck. And everyone was like, oh, I love that. So um, that's one of our little hashtags we use to promote everything. So you said you you are making clothes. Yeah. And so tell me, how do you make sustainable clothes? And where do you make it? Yeah, so... How, what's the process there? We... Originally, I think with the company, we wanted to be more of um, have our own line. And that was going to be the big selling point. And I realized in researching um, that a lot of companies were already doing what I wanted to do. They were already doing the perfect white t-shirt, the perfect hoodie, whatnot. So we did set out to do our own um, prototype of a white t-shirt. I went to the factory. I interviewed everyone there, made sure it was a place that they liked working I got the sample yardage. It's a very intensive procedure to make clothing sustainably and ethically, which is why it really made me appreciate sustainable, sustainably made clothes. So we made up this mock-up t-shirt, and I ended up not liking the fit of it and the fabric. So that would have required me to go back to the drawing boards, choose out another fabric, order more minimums, and it was a big, lengthy pro- um, process. So I ended up teaming up with a company that was already making those perfect white t-shirts and then just branding them with our own um, slogan and logo. And that's kind of what we've done with everything else we produce. Maybe in the future um, we can grow and do our own line again, but it's hard because I don't like producing stuff that's already made and overproduction. And Do you find it was a, a little bit of a a barrier on price cost of good was it too expensive to do? it was a lot too yeah, yeah that was a huge factor in it the cost was very high um so i'm kind of waiting for that point where i believe the demand i believe is. this is like in beauty in, <laughs> yeah. years ago we could not do really much clean formula sustainable packaging because yeah. the cost of good was too high yeah but today The demand because the now. demand is exactly. higher, and uh, many companies are trying to offer that to yeah. so we get the price to to come down and to exactly be better so, affordable. Exactly, so it, it has to be cost effective, and I think that's too not to get too political. But when we vote, we can vote for the candidates who are going to um, tax the non biodegradable materials or whatnot. We that's where we can really make a change with the price of goods and what things cost. You can find Frederick Fakai and more thoughts on living cleanly and sustainably on social media at Frederick Fakai. Learn more about the Fakai brand and discover more episodes of the Fakai Life podcast at fakai.com. And of course, enjoy every episode wherever the best podcasts are found. So, wait, what's next for you? What, what, mm-hmm. On this journey, what made you get so awakened, so yeah. excited? And- yep. That's definitely a two-folded question because that's something that's changing every day for me. 
I formerly, not even a few weeks ago, I was all about, and still am, but I was all about individual action. And I was thinking um, any little thing that everyone does is going to make a huge difference, which is still very necessary. We need to get everyone doing that one thing that sparks their inner fire. For me, that spark was just knowing I wanted to leave a clean planet for the future, for my little brothers, for the kids, for um, I didn't think they deserved anything other than that. And with the alarming rate of all these natural disasters that just keep getting worse and worse and worse, it's it might be sooner than we all think. So we need to act now. And I think in addition to this individual action, what I've learned relatively, as I mentioned, like not so long ago, was that it's all about the policy and the big conglomerates you support and in the higher ups who have all the power as well. It's about waking them up and demanding positive change. But what's next for you? What, what for you, me? Yeah. So I, I plan to get way more political with what I do. Mm -hmm. And um, I just became a U.S. citizen, so I'm very happy to vote. Well, good. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. It, it just felt um, the opportunity was there, and that's my way of making a bigger change beyond the little individual actions that I can do daily with myself. So just getting more politically active, voting, um, maybe going to more climate marches or rallies, stuff like that. I love doing that. It's a great way to expand your network and meet new people who mm -hmm. are like-minded or different and new people to inspire you. Who do you admire? Celebrity or anyone, mm. uh, any personality that really does what you want to do, yeah. what you wish to do? Who is your role model? Oh, man, there's there's a lot. I'm part of the Model Mafia um, activist group, which is a group of models who um, are generally passionate about the climate or women's rights. And there's so many women in that group and some male models, too, who inspire me daily. I, I'd say um, the two founders of the group, Cameron Russell and Anya Campbell, have been a huge inspiration for me because... It's almost like they see what's necessary and what we need to change like a year before we all do. And they realize the importance that this movement is so far beyond um, models and they realize it's all about the, the climate change affects us all and it affects a lot of people disproportionately. And with everything they do, they're very cautious about who's involved how do you think we can you we yep. can trigger the government to be much more activist to be much more aggressive and to you know to really uh, as you said make a, a huge impact because yeah we can just you know it's not just by just buying a shampoo or t-shirt right right that we will dramatically improve it's a great beginning yep. it's a great action yep. but what is I think one of the best ways we can do that is to constantly learn and inform ourselves about what policies are in place. And if you disagree with that, to um, go to rallies, support um, uproot, uh, uproot activists. Um, there is a great movement called the Sunrise Movement 
Sunrise organization, and they have a film premiering next week all about the Green New Deal, and they're urging us all to host little um, uh, movie premieres for that, movie viewings, um, to get everyone inspired and woke and to vote with their, you know. So I think it's all about just mobilizing and coming together as a group. Yes, and I think also the customer... Yes. Behavior. Totally. By making choices that are exactly. much more sustainable, yep. much more... We have the power to vote. You know, our vote, our dollar is our vote, right? So um, if we can support companies that are, quote unquote, doing it right, or at least one step in the right direction, people notice and appreciate that. And a lot of the times the government or whoever else, the higher, um, the huge companies who have all the money, they'll see where the demand is and maybe they'll, that'll inspire them to change for the better, you know? Right. I don't think it's about, a lot of people ask me why I model for certain companies that I probably wouldn't have on my site on Duty Citizen, but it's not about working against them. It's about working with them and inspiring them. So if they see that a model is into biodegradable fabrics or organic organic cotton, maybe that'll be enough to have a conversation and then they can change. What advice would you give our listener to do on on a daily routine to yep. to support and, and help so I think this movement? With everything I do, it's all about being conscious about all your actions. So thinking before you buy do you really need another piece of clothing um, or can you buy something secondhand or borrow from a friend it's all about actively thinking before you act <laughs> um, so that's something I think is an easy thing that kind of taps into all aspects of your daily living right yeah but we see uh, the the optimist of yeah. me is a, is a <laughs> is a thank God uh, here because I just read yesterday. Yeah, uh, you know that Colgate came with a, a a vegan toothpaste and totally recyclable mm-hmm. packaging. So it, it shows right. that the big companies are getting there. They are. You know. Yeah, I think you have to be optimistic because if you read all the headlines or the articles. And get discouraged by that. It, there's so much to get discouraged by, but it's about about being optimistic about it all. And um, whether they're doing that because it's the trendy thing to do or not, they're still doing it. So, and they'll see that the demand is growing and the demand is there for better production processes. So now that on duty citizen is on the go yep. and well oiled and running properly what is the next step i think with everything we do with on duty citizen and everything i do for modeling my whole life is about getting people to join the movement and so we provide that easy link for you to go to to get inspired and i basically just like pumping out information about sustainable topics and ethical fashion and cool jobs I've done with companies I support and then letting that be something the customer can choose resonates with them. So in order to see the progress I've made through that, 
I think I just see it. It's hard. I think a lot of other companies track that with followers or likes or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I don't really do that. I just with I find it helpful with events or with going to marches with people mm -hmm. or even just a topic of conversation like this. Everything I do with On Duty Citizen only used to be a topic of conversation with like minded people. Right. Now I'm talking about this with friends from high school who I never thought would be interested in any of this or my own family members, distant relatives, you know, that hard uncle that's never going to agree with you. Now they're interested in it because more and more people are talking about it. So that's kind of how I judge how well we've done with that. And not just me personally, I mean the whole movement. Um, so I think it's just about reaching out to your community and beyond and kind of keeping the conversation flowing, really. Well, you're the best box person for that. <laughs> you know, That's what I hope. I try to be. <laughs> you're very articulate. You're attractive and, and, and you are ambitious. So great. Good Thank luck with you. it. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's clear to say that Brit is on to something. On Duty Citizen is a great platform. And I believe that now it will be exciting to see what is the next step, the execution. And now we would hear how she can scale and make a bigger difference. Please join us next week for part two of this conversation. I'm Frederick Fekai, and this is the Fekai Life. Thank you for listening. The Fakai Life is produced by Mouth Media Network. No portion of the show may be published or reproduced without express written permission of the Fakai brand. Copyright 2020, Fakai. This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect. Connect.